0: Today on The Scott Thompson Show on 900-CHML. All right, the Prime Minister, a busy weekend uh, at the G7 and NATO. And let's bring in Elliot Tepper, uh, professor of political science Carleton University. He is with us now. Elliot, thank you for the time. I hope you're well.
1: Thank you, Scott, and same to you.
0: So uh, it, this, uh, this set of meetings, certainly a different tone than when uh, President Trump was uh, at the helm. Uh, certainly a different uh, take from China as well. What are your thoughts as the G7 is wrapped up?
1: Oh, a lot of different thoughts. Uh, mm-hmm. The overwhelming message coming out of this is that there's no longer a vacuum in world affairs that invites or can be exploited. Uh, Donald mm-hmm. Trump, created an exploitable vacuum uh, in the views of all the the people around that table. And it was closed as of these meetings. I suppose that's the the meta-message is that not only is America back, but multilateralism is back, that there is no gap uh, that states like China and Russia and Iran and North Korea can fill.
0: And what's China's reaction to
1: all of this? Oh, China... It's being quite predictable, of course. Uh, they're saying uh, what, uh, their quick, quick response was the time is long past when a small group of nations can tell the world what to do. And we'll have to remind ourselves what the G7 is. It was created after the economic crises, and uh, it was meant to be the leading industrial democracies of the world, the wealthier countries of the world. So it's not just the West. Uh, Japan is a member. the g7 and then others are invited to these meetings but they're meant to set kind of the um the guidelines for where the world should be going because this group of countries is powerful the g20 which is meeting in rome does include china so china is saying remember those were the good old days when you could boss people around but that isn't the the situation now Uh, so this is an outdated little club
0: uh, isn't that exactly what the g7 is saying about the past uh summit that um the days of china not being challenged are gone have gone by
1: yes this is the as to say the the overwhelming message coming out of this meeting there's a lot of substance to it they have 70 clauses at the, in the communique which i've just read uh, it can be tough slogging reading diplo language but the um The messages coming out of there were pretty strong in all kinds of ways, and including very explicitly uh, under U.S., uh, let's say, strong guidance uh, that there would be direct message, uh, messaging to China and about China in terms of a variety of issues, including with Canada's leadership, uh, the whole question of arbitrary detention. So uh, the two Michaels situation was raised at the G7 and indirectly shows up in the final communique.
0: Would it, would it come out at all uh, during any of these meetings that there is still a Huawei CFO that is, uh, that is being detained in Canada? I mean, does that, does that make these meetings? Is that, is that a, a big enough card for China to play right now?
1: Every member around that table is aware of it. Canada has done what it can do best, which is work multilaterally. China, of course, wants to deal bilaterally. Giant China against us. Giant China against Australia. And so forth. And Australia was at the table. They're not a member of the G7, but they were one of the four countries invited. Australia was invited, South Korea and uh, South Africa. They were, they, they were at the table in India. So other democracies were invited to sit in. They're, they're all aware of Canada's situation because, particularly in the case of Australia, they face it themselves.
0: Uh, you, you talked about the vacuum that was created uh, when Donald Trump was in power, allowing a lot of all of this to take hold uh, to take hold uh, now that he's gone. And these these uh, nations now seem to have a new uh, uh, a, a new uh, a message and a, a new chance to to renew their um, their relations and such. Does this mean China is losing power are are will this mean that they will have to change direction or course in some way because the, that vacuum's gone now
1: it, these meetings are an incentive remember as as was said at the top these this isn't the only set of meetings there's a nato meeting coming yeah. where justin trudeau will take part along with a bilateral there's a set of meetings with the eu all of europe and then of course biden goes on to a summit one-on-one with uh, with Vladimir Putin. So there's a whole range of meetings here, all of which are trying to send that message. But we should also come back to what the G7 itself did in more concrete terms. A great deal. There's too much to go, to go into. But this was really about COVID, the climate, and China. And the Three C Summit. COVID mm. was really, of course, the front and center topic of conversation in this plague uh, era that we're in. And Boris Johnson made it clear as, as the, he's this year's chair, the UK's this year's chair, that he wanted to deal with COVID and they did in great detail. A lot of material came out, but the central message was that we're not going to be caught flat footed by this again. There's not going to be a pandemic catch us like this again. Um, they've set up some, some various measures to, uh, to see to it there's early warning and that they're, um, Equitable distribution of vaccines will be will distributed, and vaccines will be created more quickly. So a lot of material on COVID here, as there should be, relating also therefore to the recovery of the global cli- uh, economy. So the whole theme of this this uh, G7 was building, building back better, <laughs> and and uh, COVID was certainly there. Climate received a lot of attention. There is a lot of material there on you know lofty goals how quickly they're going to deal with this and let's let's get out of coal but the subtext of the entire session was really about China on covid you know the united states said we're here and we are pledging in advance and we want to g7 to support us we're going to we're going to go in with 500 uh, million shots we want the g7 to commit to a billion and uh, that fits boris johnson's advance announcement that that's, that's what they wanted And on paper, two billion has now been two billion billion shots have been committed uh, by the G7. So but what Biden also said is ours comes with no strings attached. So what looks like a covid announcement Mm. becomes also the subtext of the whole meetings. China, because China has been using their um, vaccine diplomacy to reward their friends and punish their enemies, particularly around Taiwan.
0: Uh, any more on the investigation into China and how we even got here and 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 how this all started? Has there been more pressure put on them to uh, be a bit more transparent there?
1: Yes, there's a lot of um, wording in here to strengthen the WHO. And there's explicit uh, wording in the final communique. And I'm sure there was a lot of talk <laughs> uh, that was even stronger uh, before. There, yes, there was something about... You know, we need to find out the origins. So very much China was, uh, was on the agenda in terms of, of the origins of COVID, but in also all kinds of other ways. They've set up, uh, two things which I think are worth underlining. One is the U.S. got its wish that the G7 endorse, and now it'll go on to, uh, the G20 and other, other, other places, the EU as well. The whole idea that there will now be accountability for multinational firms so that countries can't do a race to the bottom. There's going to be a minimum global tax of 15% or whatever. So I think that's an interesting outcome. But they also have announced in principle principle, that the G7 is going to support basically an alternative to the Belt and Road Initiative. Mm. (laughs) They're calling it the Building Back Better World or – wait for it, Scott – the B3W instead of the B-R-I. So Hmm. we are going now to have a much better, higher quality, open, more democratic, uh, uh, transparent process of providing assistance around the world. My takeaway on on a number of these issues is that uh, these are all very good, but they're also really too little too late. China is already there in terms of vaccines. It's there with the Belt and Road Initiative that countries really are going to have trouble at home developing the kind of resources on, you know, vaccinations and on infrastructure, particularly in the U.S., where that bill is going nowhere much, and on democracy, because a lot of this G7 was a declaration that the democracies are back. And we are not going to, Joe Biden framed it in a way, I say immodestly, that I've been framing it for quite some time. That there's a global, um, a global struggle between democracies and autocracies, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I put it more about uh, puncturing the impunity of authoritarian violence. But it really comes down to that. The the push by the democracies to finally get their act together, particularly after Donald Trump's abdication of leadership mm-hmm. on those issues, on those issues, um, is one of the notable aspects of the G7 and and the NATO uh, summits, which is starting now.
0: You're listening to the Scott Thompson show podcast on 900 CHML. You know, we've talked after going through this pandemic for, I don't know, what are we on week? Number 65 here now for us at home. Um, we've often talked if, uh, this global pandemic will bring us together, if it will unite us. And it seems to have done just that. Would you, w- would you uh, hold that same feeling? Or is this just a changing in the guard with the U.S.?
1: Well, I think to stay with the theme that we've been discussing, the G7, the, uh, Boris Johnson and others, the U.S. weighing in very heavily on it, has really come in saying that we are now going to switch from vaccine nationalism to vaccine equity. We are going to realize that we're one world when it comes to the pandemic and that we have to do something about it and that uh, not only f- for altruistic reasons, you know, we are one world and people are suffering and we've got the capacity and we're going to enhance the capacity around the world for research and development and manufacturing. This came out of the G7 manufacturing of vaccines. But beyond that, if we don't, these variants are going to continue to to, uh, emerge where people are not vaccinated. So it's in our own national interest, self-interest. So it's a very interesting combination of saying we're going to vaccinate the whole world, and we're doing it because we should uh, at a moral level, but also to protect ourselves. And that's one of the messages of this G7. Um,
0: Where does this leave Russia and China after what you're describing as a pretty successful get-together? Because, again, uh, you know, that vacuum was created with Donald Trump that allowed uh, these two countries to flourish. Are are they going to have to change direction, or is it still full steam ahead the way they always are and the way they always have been?
1: Well, that's more of a choice that they have today than they had before the meeting, so to speak. I mean, that's the challenge that the G7 has tossed down. Do you want to continue along the the lines you have been, or do you want to change? Uh, we, and, and it's been emphasized repeatedly. We're not after conflict. We're not after war. We're not after a new Cold War. We want to resolve the problems that we know are there, but we're pointing out we know they're there. So the, it's, a, it's a pushback by America and the G7 partners, and we are certainly part of that. And uh, again, going on to the NATO summit, which is starting today. So there's all of that's now... Uh, basically saying, OK, everybody, China, Russia, the ball's back in your court. Uh, how are you going to react to this? Uh, you've seen what we want to do. What are you going to do?
0: So is this global pandemic as pivotal as a war? Is it, it it's changed society almost as if it has been?
1: And that's a very good question, Scott. I, I'm not sure. Um, what is going to be fundamentally changed in terms of geopolitics as a result as a result of the pandemic. One of the things that has uh, unfortunately happened is that the whole idea of working with, with uh, all, everybody in the world that's got research capacity now is called into question since one of the main partners in all that had been China. And now what about the origins and are they responsible? Are they transparent? So there's a lot more, um, as a result of the pandemic, There was an awful lot of globalization was nice, but now states are back. Now we have to, every state has to look after itself and the devil take the hindmost. What we see now at the G7 is that, you know, vaccinations have come online. We can now rethink that attitude. We can start reorienting back to more global cooperation. That's what the G7 is about. But also keep in mind the G20 is coming, coming back to your question about China. That's uh in Rome at the end of October, I believe. So they're going to be um, G20. Will that, you know, They'll be at the table along with the, all these other states. So the behavior of China on the globe as we go forward is really up to China. Do they wish to... Um, and, and Xi Jinping just made a speech saying maybe we have to project a friendlier tone than we have been. He said that's really? just in advance of the G7. So look, this is... Let's, this is um, China says we want to lead and you and I have discussed this for years now saying okay, then show us you're ready for prime time and mm-hmm. the G7 has basically said just that you want to be the kind of leader of the globe um, show, us, show us you've got the stuff show us everybody you're ready for prime time
0: uh, What are you expecting out of NATO moving forward?
1: I think a lot of the solidarity, uh, solidarity discussions that we heard already out of the G7. Uh, the advance on this is that Joe Biden has said before going. We absolutely agree with Article Five that that the you know an attack on one is an attack on all because Donald Trump cast questions. He did two things. He said first of all, NATO is really obsolete. We don't need it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 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 just sucking up our money. It's one of those one of those entities that are unnecessary and are costly for us. And uh, as a result, a lot of countries, in fact, have pledged to increase their monetary donations. But yeah. the other thing he said was, well, I don't know if we're really committed to this to this Article 5. Uh, an attack on one is an attack on all, which is the foundation stone. You know, will America go to war over Montenegro? And so that's, he put that on the table. No, Joe Biden has said, absolutely, the NATO alliance is central to to the world. It's central to us. We support it all the way. There's no doubt in anybody's mind. The doubt about NATO is what is its role going to be going forward? And this is an internal discussion within NATO for
0: you know,
1: been going on ever since the collapse of the Soviet Union, which was, of course, its original raison d'etre. Uh,
0: is there any little sidebars in any of these meetings where Biden and the prime minister can get? To-
1: yes, uh, the, the sidebars were uh, an important part. I guess, standing back again, the G7 and the NATO meetings are face-to-face. It's a resumption of the kind of meetings you can have globally that you just can't do on Zoom, the interactions among people, the possibility of of, uh, pull-asides. So there were formal, formal bilaterals. Uh, Canada had a bunch, uh, mainly Western countries plus Japan. But uh, what about the pull-asides? And yes, our prime minister apparently chatted with uh, Joe Biden and raised, Uh, according to discussion, both the question of the border and the two Michaels.
0: Hi, Elliot Tepper, this is Will Erskine, who you know very well from off-air. I'm the technical producer for the show, for anyone else who hasn't caught on. And uh, it appears that uh, we are having some technical difficulties uh, today, and uh, we're going to have to wrap the interview up at this point.
1: Okay, well, it's uh, a pleasure speaking to both Scott and to you, Will, and Good luck. Everybody has, in the one byproduct of the pandemic era, is we're all used to technical glitches In trying to overcome that and carry on.
0: <laughs> yes, it's common ground we can all find uh, moving forward. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.